Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, wonderful listeners, and welcome to The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Kim Selby, your San Francisco newsletter editor, and today we are going to learn how to say bye-bye to anxiety, because I am interviewing Stephanie Delfonso, who is a leading expert on building resilience and saying sayonara to anxiety. She is the author of Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm really happy to be here today. I think we're going to have a great conversation. Well, I am delighted because I don't care who you are, at what stage of your life, everyone suffers from anxiety. And I'm sure you have found that as well. You know, you can be the most calm, meditative soul. And unless you are, you know, Buddha, I I think you're going to have some anxiety in life. Is that correct? I think even Buddha did at times as well. (laughs) It's just part of the human condition. And, you know, Kim, it is all ages, right? It, I'm a real big believer in we need to be teaching our children how to deal with their emotions in ways that are healthy and to build emotional resilience. And yet the oldest person I've worked with so far was 82 years old. She had spent her entire life struggling with stress and anxiety. And finally, she had all kinds of GI issues because of it. And finally, at 82, she said, enough, I'm not going to live like this anymore. So she's like my role model, right? To, to finally at 82 say, okay, enough. I want to live the rest of my life um, enjoying it. Like, how awesome is that? Um, and that's amazing. And, and But the thing is that I think we need to get the word out that don't wait until you're 82. I mean, I right. can I can really relate to those GI issues, but as you know, and I mean, I'm sure our readers know, but I, when I started digging into some research on anxiety, just how much it can affect our physical body, it's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Because like GI issues, you can almost like almost draw a line between GI issues and emotions, whether it's, you know, stress, anxiety, whatever, stomach aches, headache, headaches, um, sleep issues. You know, there's all different ways that stress and anxiety shows up that we're not even aware of. You know, when you get really nervous and people who have the number one fear of public speaking and they get dry mouth, but then they get sweaty palms, you know, our physical bodies are saying, um, hi, we need help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. So there must be some reason why you went into the field of helping others with anxiety. Why don't you share a little bit about your background and maybe what you did prior to this or what you're doing or, you know, what got you into this field, I guess. Okay. So I, out of, it was out of necessity. Um, I had a very successful career as a celebrity radio DJ. Mm. And my last job uh, was the morning show and my kids were little, they were still, my youngest was still in diapers and I developed crippling insomnia 
And as I said that word, any listener who has ever experienced it, your blood just ran cold because insomnia is like, oh my gosh, unbearable. So I did what most people do and I went to the doctor to get a prescription. And he said, well, you know, the, the uh, insomnia is driven by the anxiety. And I was like, what? It was like a head snap because I was in my mid thirties at the time, Kim. And I didn't know that I had been struggling with anxiety my entire life because this is what I thought was normal. All the, the stressing and the worrying and the what if, and not just the what ifs of, you know, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, but always going to the worst case scenario. That was all I knew. And so, all right, I went and I got some medication and it worked and then it stopped working and things got out of control, like, whoa, out of control. And I realized that the medication was just a Band-Aid. So I needed to figure out, all right, what is this thing called anxiety and how do I let it not control me, but for me to get on the other side of it. So I started doing research and now there's, oh my gosh, there's so much, I love it. There's so much research I can point to saying, oh, look at this, look at this. But back then in the mid nineties, the World Wide web was just coming online and there was no Google. So I was old school going to the library, trying to look for any kind of, you know, book or, or magazine or remember cassette tapes, Kim? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> certain age and most of our listeners remember cassette tapes too. Right, right. So what I first discovered, again, there wasn't nearly the amount of research that there is now, but it was such a relief to find out that it wasn't my fault. And it's not anybody's fault who's listening. It's the way we're wired. It's that fight or flight syndrome. Right. And so when we lived in caves and we had to get out of the way of a saber-toothed tiger, it was great to get us out of the way. And yet now, you know, we're on our phones and our devices 24-7, constantly scanning for danger. And so we're constantly flooding our body with those stress hormones like cortisol and others. And that keeps, it's like keeping our foot on the um, accelerator and never letting up. So my approach in the book, I have 35 different ways to interrupt that pattern. Because if we wait until, you know, when I first learned meditation, Kim, was told empty your mind for 20 minutes in the morning <laughs> 20 minutes at night and I was like that's not gonna happen right right no I get it yeah so when we can interrupt it and we can empty that stress bucket uh, throughout the day then we're not giving it a chance to get all the way filled up to the panic attack levels so how long did it take you once you started researching and I mean, I, I was on some of that medication for 10 years too, because it was, and when my kids were little, it was all that anxiety. And right. I, I weaned myself off of it, fortunately. Um, and how, how long before you were able to incorporate practices? Or like, what was your first thing you did? The very first thing I did, again, this is like cutting edge technology. This was back in like 1995 or 1996. And I was on a teleconference on my corded telephone that was attached to the wall. And, you know, there was cutting edge technology. We didn't have podcasts back then. And I happened to hear this conversation with a man named Gary Craig, who's a Stanford trained engineer. And he was talking about emotional freedom techniques. A lot of people know it as tapping now. And you know, all right, I was willing to try anything because I was in such desperation. And all of a sudden, I was finding relief. And I was finding that I could, oh, I could calm down and I could start to sleep again. And that spurred me on to, again, I, at the time, my radio career was over. I was a stay-at-home mom saying, oh my gosh, let me tell you about this. And people's eyes would glaze over like, <laughs> 
Um, but I kept at it and I realized, all right, this is just one way. And I started researching all these other ways. And I still uh, am an insatiable researcher. So I'm always adding more to my toolbox. Uh, one of the things, like one of the most profound days of my life was when I started down this rabbit path. I am my first day of uh, hypnosis certification training. And I was blown away, Kim, by how easy it is for us to make change when we have somebody helping us to do that. Yeah, so you need to be guided into that. I know some people can do self-hypnosis, but uh, honestly, I have tried hypnosis for sleep. It didn't really work. Tapping worked better for me as well. But for just so people know, getting hypnosis certification training is not something you just do in a heartbeat. No. It takes no. time. It's not like anybody can just, I mean, anybody can learn it. I know that because my husband actually did a part one of that because he was fascinated by, um, by hypnosis. And I'll just tell you this little story. I went, we went to a comedy show and the man was a hypnotist, you know, comedian hypnotist and I volunteered and boy, it was so powerful. You know, I really believed that the piece of paper or the cocktail napkin in front of me was a hundred dollar bill and I wouldn't let anybody take it away from me. I, I'm blown away by our subconscious. And I think you, you wrote something about um, that's where we need to tap into. Correct. Can you speak a little yes. bit about, I think all of these are um, modalities that you use are tapping into um, our subconscious, right? Yeah, because that's where it all lies. Kim Albert Einstein said decades ago that a problem can't be solved at the same level of consciousness that created it. Well, we create the problems in our conscious mind, and that's why many times uh, talk therapy doesn't work for people because the, the problem is created in the conscious mind, and now we're trying to solve it at the conscious level. And what I have found over all these years of, you know, being able to help guide people to find, I have a really wonderful, unique ability to easily find where that root is. And sometimes, Kim, it's capital T trauma. You know, sometimes, yes, we know it's a capital T trauma. And sometimes it's a small T trauma that on the surface looks like, well, what's the big deal? And yet it could be from um, a man who is in his 50s and all of a sudden can't drive on the highway. Like, He's just incapacitated and can't do it. And we go back and we find out he was five years old in the backseat of his car, his parents' car, and his father had a panic attack on the highway and had to pull over to the side of the road and switch places with the mother. Okay. That's a small, that's a small T trauma though, right? So how do you unlock that from someone? Is it through the hypnotherapy or do you work with clients virtually as well as in person? Um, I actually don't do any in person anymore because, um, you know, again, I love, this is one of the things I love about technology is that you know, you're in California, I'm in Connecticut, and we're having a conversation, and it's the same thing as when I'm working with clients. Um, what I do, I can't say, okay, now I'm doing hypnosis, and now I'm doing this. Right. It's really just a blend of everything I've learned and how you said, all right, like the hypnosis didn't really help so much with your sleep, but the tapping did. So it's finding, all right, we'll start going down. And if that's not working, I don't say, oh, well, that's not working. Let's go try this. It's just, I know how to intuitively just make that little slight force correction and go back to what the, you know, the root cause is. And if I can speak just a moment, Kim, about the big T traumas, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study. 
I was thrilled when this came to light. Um, Oprah shared about this on uh, 60 Minutes three days before my book was published in March of uh, last year in 2018. And I was thrilled because it was this really strong survey of 17,000 adults done by the Center for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente. And they asked 10 simple questions about your childhood. And it was all around big T, capital T traumas. Did you, you know, lose a parent, uh, emotional, sexual, physical abuse, um, addiction in the household? And what they found was absolutely mind-blowing, Kim, is that the higher you score on this, answering these questions as a child, direct correlation to experiencing obesity, diabetes, depression, suicide attempts, on and on as adults. If you have four or more of these, you have double the risk of cancer and stroke as an adult. You're 12 times more likely to attempt suicide as an adult. Oh, Stephanie, that's amazing, that study. But the good news and what's so exciting to me is a lot of people, um, a lot of organizations are really focusing on um, helping children who are in in the presence of experiencing that. What I do is more with the adults of just because, all right, I'm a high achiever. Like, I I want to be the overachiever. And I scored really high on that, Kim. Uh And so the beauty of it is, is that's not saying, all right, well, you scored high on this, so guaranteed this is going to happen to you. We We can circumvent that by going back and doing the healing work. And again, we don't consciously always know where that is. And that's okay. So Stephanie, how is it easy to tell um, our listeners or myself how you go about assessing someone? You know, you're talking to them. Do you look at them? I know this is like the nitty gritty of what you do, but I'm fascinated by it. Do you look at them on a a Zoom call? Do you do you look at their body or you just tune into their energy or you, you know, listen to what they have to say? How about all of the above? It really really is um, all of the above because one size doesn't doesn't fit all. Um, The woman that I did my hypnosis training with, brilliant, brilliant woman. And she said, um, most people who call themselves hypnotists are reading a script and we're not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to listen to and tune into your client because they have all they have all the answers. So, you know, when I had my physical hypnosis practice for 10 years and people would come in to become non-smokers for life, I never said you're going to quit smoking because they'd done that before, become non-smokers for life. If I read the same script over and over again, it wasn't going to help as many people as I was able to. Because in full disclosure, I was a smoker. Um, It's been many, many, many years, which I am so grateful for. But my experience as a smoker was completely different than this person's or that person's. And so if I just read a script over and over again, the same thing, it might help people. It might not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So you, I also read, and I, I think more and more in the jargon of today, people are aware of the different healing modalities such as tapping or EFT, and NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, too, which I think is fascinating as well. I know that's another way to um, assist people, right? So you do- Yeah, it's another one I'm certified in. Yeah, I saw that. And Reiki. Yeah. Right? 
you, you oh, and, and on and on and on because the more I learn about like oh okay there, we can change in this way the more I learn oh here's another way we can so the more that I can bring to the party the greater chance I'm going to be able to help you as an individual yeah I mean that's that's amazing you're right of course and it just shows that it, you know you can continue to learn and continue to grow and, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, I hate it when people say, well, no, I'm, I'm too old to learn this or I couldn't do that. And I think that the only way we really grow and probably helps lessen our anxiety is to learn. I mean, there, yes. there is such a thing as knowing too much, you know, like what is it, PubMD or <laughs> whatever, you know. Right. I don't know, right. whatever it is, you know, or we, we over-research, but. And, and to that point that you were making about being too late I literally have a sign on my office door I had it in my hypnosis practice I have it on my office door here at home now and it says it's never too late to be what you might have been mm. and I think back to my 82 year old Nana you know that's not too late but I don't I didn't want to wait until 82 yeah exactly I mean I feel that same way and I'm sure that most people do Stephanie so as I mean, you, you have written so many interesting blog posts that I hope people go to your website because they, I mean, just, I think they can all relate to all of us in, in so many different ways. One that particularly struck me uh, was how stress and anxiety shape our online personas. Because as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, we're overwhelmed by technology. And what are your thoughts on how technology is affecting us well and, and this is where you know i i claim the i'm the the elder in the room the wise woman is i remember you know my kids my kids when they were born they didn't have this and i remember my daughter who's 30 now so uh 26 years ago when the neighbor boy down the street had one of the very first handheld video games and he was off in the corner by himself connecting with this game and the other kids were playing together. And I was like, that's not so good. Then flash forward to, you know, now it's like, you know, we're just inundated with it. And um, you will love this because what we were experiencing before you hit record, Kim, I was in a conference called Mindfulness in America. And they was talking, they had people from the tech industry and people from the mindful uh, movement talking about the intersection of these. And uh, Tony Fidel, who was the inventor, he's the inventor of the iPod. Remember that was the first yes. generation, the music one, right? Yes. And he's talking about how these devices are intentionally addictive. Mm. That um, if you mimic the swipe down, this will make your blood just go run cold, Kim. Swipe down, it mimics pulling the, the uh, one-armed bandit at the um, slot machines. Well, I, so, I believe it. I mean, they're, it, they're creating addicts out of everyone. Right. And so it's intentional. So all of those pings that you get, the notifications, the ding, ding, yeah. ding, yeah. they're talking about this and talking about how every time you get one of those, it's a dopamine hit. And the more dopamine you get, the more dopamine you want. And so there's this endless link. And I'm sitting in this, this theater with hundreds of people and I'm like, wow, what a very different relationship than anyone in this room because I have none of those turned on. And so I'll invite a client to um, 
I don't even say seven days anymore because they go into full panic mode. Can you, can you take three days and just turn those notifications off just for three days? And it's not always comfortable, Kim. It's like putting on dryers, um, the jeans out of the dryer where they're a little tight at first. Yeah. But then like, oh, all right, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe this could be a little more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with, with social media because on one hand, it's how we spread the word, you know, on Instagram, for example, how we spread the word about our podcast is right. via Facebook and via Instagram. But I think there is a happy medium. I, you know, because you want to get the word out and that's how everybody else gets the word out, but you don't want to be too attached Right. And that's, that's the rub. That's where you want to find that happy medium. You want to be able to make peace with it and use technology for good, like we're doing right now, but not letting it control us. You know, going right back to why we're having this conversation about anxiety, it is a choice. Like your emotions are a choice. You get to choose whether they control you. And sometimes it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like, ah, my emotions have total control. But when you start interrupting the patterns, that is my, my, my strongest message is the place to start is to take some of the techniques. I have 35 in my book. We'll give you a URL in a minute to, you know, where you can get five of the techniques for free. But when you start weaving these in and out of every day, even if it's something as simple as, oh, think I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. In just that moment, you can already chip away at a little bit of that stress and turn the volume down. The more times throughout the day you can do that, the more you're going to be emotionally resilient. And I know, Kim, you are a great yogi, yes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I am a yoga teacher, another hat that I wear. And so in our physical practice, we are constantly falling out of balance and coming back, right? right? So emotionally, we can do the same thing. Oh, when we notice, but that's the awareness is that first piece is when we notice we're starting to fall out of balance, well, bring ourselves back. And the more often we do that, the more it becomes a new healthy habit. Yeah, that makes total and complete sense. I have to say the only technology that I actually really like that alerts on my iWatch is the Breathe app. Or nice. I never said it. It just comes up and it says, it's time to take a minute to breathe. And you know what? I like that. Some people hate that, you know, but I love that because I'm like, you're right. It is time to take a minute and breathe, which is nice. I mean, I, I think it's important to take that minute, even if you're just going to set an alarm to do it as well, but it just sort of I look at it as if you sprain your ankle, Kim, you need crutches to help you, you know, get through that. And so if an app is what's going to work for somebody to say, oh, great, time to breathe, then hallelujah, use the app. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to help me, but <laughs> I, mean, I didn't you did it anyway. <laughs> with the watch. So let's just say it happened. It happened. So do you have a modality that you... What, so the first thing you did was tapping, and that's the one that helped you. Are you able to, like, are you able to say, I am anxiety-free at this point in your life, or are you able to, when you do feel the anxiety, I'm imagining it might be the latter, that you are able to control it now because you have all of the resources that you've learned about? 
Exactly. I would never tell someone you will never feel stress or anxious again. I would never say that to someone because it's part of the human condition. We can't control what goes on around us. And by the way, uh, in the a recent Gallup poll, Americans are among the most stressed in the entire world. Yeah, I believe like, it. Like, whoa. So do I feel anxious sometimes? You bet I do. And yet I know to go, oh, all right. Oh, what essential oil is going to help me now? Oh, the breath techniques are always, like your breath is always with you. So, oh, I'm breathing in. Yeah. I'm breathing out. So it's not about never experiencing it again. Going back to the beginning of our conversation uh, with Buddha, I think Buddha experienced this, you know, which is why he was able to share this wisdom. You know, one of my favorite uh, Buddha sayings is what you think you become, what you feel you attract, what you imagine you create. Those are all choices. Yeah. So it's all about choice and it's about making the right choice for our body, ourselves, our anxiety in the moment. And what you do is help people access their own subconscious, their own ability to do this so that moving forward, they are able to help control their own anxiety. Is that correct, Stephanie? Exactly. Because um, for anybody who's, who's listening and thinking, hmm, this is an interesting conversation, um, I would just ask you to really think about if you're going to reach out to people uh, to talk about working together, really just have an awareness of what their focus is. Is their focus on, hey, I'm a great healer, I'm going to help you, blah, blah. Or is, or is the focus more, okay, let me learn about you and see how the two of us can come together and create what you want? Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. And I love what you're offering. Tell us your, uh, as we begin to wrap up, do tell us your website and where they can, uh, people can go to reach out and either talk to you or read some of these fabulous uh, blog post, and I'm just going to, the one I have not read it, but the title of it just cracks me up, How a Bag of Cheetos and EFT Saved My Sanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, give it, you will definitely laugh when you read that, Kim. I love um, it. So, so there's one website that I, sh- I wish I had sent to you beforehand, Kim, so you could see this. So one website, it's a, just a one page, it's sheconquersfear.com. I love it. And it will, they say a picture is a thousand words. You will be so inspired. My main website is stephaniedalfonso.com. Hopefully that'll be in the show notes. Um, And you can get five of the techniques for my book for free. You know, no strings attached. Um, Just go to the number five, easyways2calmanxiety.com. And boom, you'll get a little email and you'll have five ways. And I would invite your listeners to go ahead and get those. And then for the next seven days, see if you can buddy up with somebody else. Uh, Share it with them. Um, If you would have them uh, go ahead and get that from my website too. So I can um, get them some information as well. But buddy up and commit to that accountability because you'll have much greater results if you do. For the next seven days, Practice weaving these little techniques in and out of every day. And then at the end of the seven days, wow, I do have more emotional resiliency. Yes, I love that. I did do that to anybody who's listening. And I have, it's interesting because it's not like it's rocket science, but the way that Stephanie has put these together 
are ways I've never heard of. You know, of course, breath is involved, but the way she explains it, and these are short little snippets, and this is, I, I, it's great. We all need, we all need to, everybody needs to take a moment, especially if you're going into a business meeting or you're going to meet your child's significant other for the first time, or, you know, there's a lot of anxiety inducing moments in our lives. And to me, always taking a deep breath is, is something that is very calming, but also the way you have described it is great. And I, I just think you have some really lovely tips. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm going to get your book because I want to have that by my side in my car. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And can I just also say thank you uh, for two reasons on that. First of all, just thank you so much for, for having the interest in my book, but also thank you because um, I have this mission in my heart for our kids who are experiencing crisis levels of stress and anxiety and depression. So that for every book, every paperback that I sell, I donate one to a school or an organization that will teach these skills to kids, teens oh, and young adults. That's our Three Tomatoes favorite thing when someone gives back. I love that because I think when you get to a certain point in life, you realize it's hopefully you realize that sooner, but it's not all me, me, me. It's, hey, let's give back to the community. Let's give back to the world. Let's help other people. And I, I really appreciate that you're doing that because I think especially breath work and even yoga techniques, everything is really vital for the youth of America to, to help them so that they do not have the stress and anxiety that we had. And I mean, it's really sad because we are prompted to have this anxiety by the news, you know, by, by everything that happens in the world today. Right. So right. I think, you know, I, I'm a, I work sort of out of my car. And so for me having little, you know, essential oils and books and reminders with me at all times is important for me. So. Well, and you see you in the book, I intentionally did this. The techniques are alphabetical. So you don't even have to like read this. It's a very thin book for a reason because I didn't want you to feel overwhelmed by, you know, having a 400 page book. It's in, intentionally in alphabetical order. So please read the first two short, very short chapters and then peruse through the 35 techniques. Oh, what's this one? And find what combination is going to work for you because one size doesn't fit all. I love that. I think as we wrap up, one of the most important things you said to me is with that you quoted, well, I, I don't remember now who it was, but it's like, we have the chance to choose, or maybe I read it, to choose to change, to choose our emotion, to choose our feeling. And I think in any given moment, that's my takeaway is that, oh, I can choose to calm down. I don't have to let this overwhelm me. I don't have to wear anxiety like a cape. I can choose. Right. It opens up possibilities. Yeah, I love that. Opens up possibilities. And, and I think that's very exciting. I think that's exciting. And that should excite all of you listeners out there. Because who doesn't want more possibilities to be open? Let's rid anxiety and open ourselves up. And simple shifts are what create lasting change. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to take a whole lot of time. Wonderful. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we say bye-bye to you and anxiety? <laughs> I, would, I would just say, don't let this become self-help shelf help, all that stuff that we put up on the, sh the sagging bookshelves. And if you could just take one 
thing from today and start implementing it, whether it's the breathing in, breathing out, like I mentioned, or one of the five techniques uh, that you can get for free, take at least one and action it for the next seven days because it will make a change. But you have to make that choice to start actioning. I love it. So everybody, I invite you to take action. Go to Stephanie's website. Again, you just sign up and you get these five free tips. Take action, get a buddy, uh, and and uh, let's get rid of that anxiety. Yeah. Say Thank you so on. much. What a great conversation. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate your time today. And cheers to all of the tomatoes and friends out there listening. I'll see you soon.